In the 1980s, John Hughes couldn't lose with hits like The Breakfast Club, Weird Science, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. We won't talk about some of his 90s work, ahem, Beethoven. Instead, we'll head back to 1987 and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. This buddy nightmare travel comedy has Steve Martin and John Candy firing on all cylinders, chugging along, shooting through the skies of comedy and lots of other vehicular metaphors for being funny. Somehow, this was a gap in both our film histories. So, if it's legal in your state, snap up some airplane bottles of tequila and come to our motel room for episode 36 of Toasting the Classics, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Welcome, by the way, to Toasting the Classics. My name is Clint Lanier. Dave MacArthur. Welcome to the uh, show where we take a classic thing, <laughs> piece of creative thing. We take something that people call a classic, we talk about it, we drink a drink related to the classic, and we decide if it's See, a classic. See, he spends a lot of time thinking about yeah. it. I, I really don't. I'm kind of off the cuff when it comes to that, yeah. as you can tell. But uh, welcome. And uh, today, what are we doing? We are doing a film we yeah. mentioned last time. It is Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, As it turns out, it's not a holiday classic. It's a sort thank, of Thanksgiving classic. We're Thanksgiving. Couple, it's not a Christmas a classic. Weeks, yeah, yeah, we're a, a couple weeks a, late on this. Right. Thanksgiving 2022, actually, you will appreciate this. I actually Googled a like a list of like 50 best Christmas movies of all time. This one came up? A month ago or something when I looked it up, and that was just in there. <laughs> and it was when I opened up the movie, first thing I was like, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. question mark. I was like, what, that, <laughs> right. why is it on a Christmas list? Right. But anyway. I thought that, but I you know, I figured, whatever. I didn't know. I, I, I'd, never, I'd never seen it. Did you? I thought I had because yeah. I've seen chunks of it a million times, but I've never I've never watched the, the movie all the way through. There right. was tons, tons of material in here that I've never seen before. So, well, same here. I think there's like, I don't know how, but like the episode with the Those Aren't Pillows. That, uh, that I've seen. Like that, that I've seen I've a seen bunch before. of times. Yeah. Yeah. I used to watch, um, we had cable and I had, my parents put the cable in the basement at one point and I was just so excited to have cable that I could choose what to watch. Right. That... I would watch everything, like every, and there was one channel that just showed trailers for the movies that were coming out, huh. and I would just sit there and watch that for hours I on end. That channel. Yeah. And planes, trains, and automobiles. This is 1987, 88, I yeah. think, when I had this. I first got the cable down there, and I remember sitting and like watching the clips from this movie. Yeah, and just there was there were like 50 movies that I watched the trailers for over and over <laughs> again. So I was very familiar with this movie. We didn't have a lot to do in the 80s. No, we, no. That's why, yeah. that's why we went out and rode bikes and stuff like that's that. That's what you we call understimulated. Uh, yeah, I hadn't, I hadn't seen this at all. I don't know. I, I kind of figured what it was about. It, it surprised me. I mean, the, the movie did as, okay. as the entire movie. Should we set it up? I mean, for the, those who haven't watched I it. I mean, we don't rule out for biggest surprise that it's not about Christmas. Because <laughs> that's a pretty basic one. And it's, it's a basic surprise. Yeah, that's yeah. a pretty basic surprise, that it, which happened to me in the first five right. seconds of the movie. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> this was the wrong pick. I picked the wrong movie. But anyway. But it's a simple premise. Guys yeah. trying to get home for Thanksgiving. Right. Busiest travel holiday in the You in, could easily in the, the imagine him trying to get home for Christmas. <laughs> Just like in Home Alone, right, right. because that's what Home Alone's sure. about, is the ladies trying sort to get of, home. Yeah. To, yeah, to, yeah, to, to rescue her yeah, child sure, from dying sure. also, but also to be... The, it too. ends up everybody gets home for Christmas. Right. Very similar ending sequence. Yeah, it was. In the, you know, the foyer. Right. And everybody's... There's all these characters I don't care about that I haven't met, <laughs> yeah. you know. Don't know. Tearfully right. welcoming him home after being gone for I two days. I wonder if they got credit for that, like being in that scene. They had to. But, oh, they, yeah. but did you yeah. be like... Yeah. <laughs> there's one guy... I think he's supposed to play like the father-in-law or something. Yeah, um, I recognize him. Who is a like a character actor from a lot of right. things, not Carl Malden. If you yeah. look up this but guy's it, face, it, it looks, right? It kind of looks like it's him. Rich, yeah, it's right. Richard Hurd, and okay. I looked it up because I was like, "Is that Carl Malden yeah. playing the guy's Nose dad?" Nose wasn't big enough. No, not quite. It, it yeah, so. didn't take over his entire face. No, not quite. But yeah, it's it's Richard Hurd. He's in a whole bunch of yeah, uh, films, yeah. And I, you know? I know exactly because I, I spotted him right away. I'm like, "It's that guy." You know, it's uh, based on a guy trying to get home for Thanksgiving. Um, yep. Obviously, you know, flights, blah blah blah. Lives in Chicago, worst place to fly into. Yeah. Uh, in the world uh, during the winter. And uh, so it's, you know, all the trials and tribulations he goes through trying to get home. He uh, meets this another fellow passenger who's also trying to get somewhere uh, mm -hmm. on a journey. And the two of them kind of team up to try to make it, and they get on each other's nerves. And kind of a travel comedy, kind of a buddy comedy type of thing. Road, buddy. road, road, road comedy, I guess they would call it. Buddy yeah, road comedy. comedy. Definitely road comedy. And there's a, a genre of comedies about the really annoying guy. Yeah. Right? There's a lot of movies like that. Yeah. I can't think of a great example. Tommy of Boy. Tommy Boy is kind of a ripoff of this movie, right? Right, yeah, it is. I, I actually wrote that down. I was like, oh, this Tommy Boy is planes, <laughs> trains, and automobiles. Even the, even sort the, of. Even the fire scene. I mean, it's like right? they, it's a, there's a wrinkle on it because he's a salesman. 
Yeah. And he's very much, he's like this total just mess up whose one redeeming qualities is a really good salesman. Right. That, that's what Tommy Boy has in common with this sure. movie. And the road trip. Well, f- physically. Physically, I mean, he's, they're he's also big fat guys. Big fat yeah, guys. Yeah, true. I didn't want yeah. to say that. Uh, that's all right. Don't want yeah. to fat shame. Although yeah. I think it's okay to fat no, shame. Wrong with, I didn't say there's anything wrong with being fat. He's just I, fat. I, think, I think it's okay to say that about men, not women. It would definitely be messed up to yeah. say that. I mean, I think someone would have to. Yes, I think that's true. For some reason, that seems out of bounds. I don't, you know. John Candy's right. a fat guy. He would tell you he's a fat guy. I Although I heard a really good point recently. Why isn't there this body positivity uh, movement for men? Like, why can't I be big and fat and say I'm sexy? And then uh, have all the people of the opposite sex have to affirm that. Uh, I think because there's always been a certain set of big men yeah. that just get away with big it. Big fat guys. They just get away remember, with it. They're perfectly f- successful. Fat bastard from... Look uh, at Tony Soprano. Is all through uh, that show treated yeah. like a sex object for yeah. women. I'm looking at him. I'm like, really? I think it's a power thing. It's that's a power a, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's definitely thing, a power right? thing. But... But it's because he has power. Nobody cares that really he's this big he's chubby big, guy. Big you know, like <laughs> well, they're all pretty big, right? Yeah, pretty I much. Mean, all of those he's not the fattest no, one big, in, the, in the family. Big, but, uh, uh, big, yeah, there's one that we who's Bobby Bacala. Let's say Bobby Bacala. <laughs> we can say that on the on the air. That guy's uh, that guy's. Yeah, that he's guy. a big man. That's probably yeah. the biggest man. I think he's a big dude. So uh, yeah. the, uh, anyway, but the character but, whose name shall remain unnamed uh, is also Alex Earmuffs. Speaking of which, is, uh, I want to get a T-shirt for Chalmers Big and, Big and Tall Men's store. When, when he's talking to me, he's got the, a card, and he's like, do you have any credit cards? And he's like, yeah, I got, a, I got one for Chalmers Big and Tall. It's a it's a chain in the Pacific Northwest. I was like, man, there's got to be a T-shirt that's, for that. Yeah, that would be great. Good. Look it up right now on your phone. How tall was or how big was John Candy? Oh, because not he, as, he, you know, he he looks like a big dude because Steve Martin's not a short. I mean, he's not a tiny guy. He the was standards uh-huh. for bigness are completely. Yeah, different they're a lot me. different. But look it up. I bet. I bet he's. I bet he's like six four, six five. Still. Yeah, he's probably a big guy all around. And yeah. and. But I was thinking like I watched uh, Goonies with the kids not too long ago. Yeah. And uh, Chunk. Yeah. It's just a kid today. Yeah. That's just what kids yeah, oh, look God, like in, yeah. in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> like. Right. Because okay, so st- I saw Steve Martin at a comedy show one time, and he's probably I'd say about five six two. Okay, yeah. So that's that's probably about right. Chris Farley was five eight. Was he really? Yes, he was like a bowling. Wow. <laughs> or he funny. or he wasn't as as big around as we thought, which is another thing. I mean, the standard for bigness just, is just by changed. looking this up. For some reason, Google thinks. Well, you probably want to know about the heights of everyone who was in Home Alone, right? <laughs> so I've got uh, Steve Martin six foot. Rick Moranis. Guess how tall Rick Moranis is. Five six. Five six exactly. Nice. Oh, no. So is Kieran Culkin, by the way. Kieran Culkin. Who's that? That is uh, from Succession. He was he's a uh, fuller in Home Alone, the one that wets the bed. Oh, but as he's, an adult, oh, he's, a he's an actor as an adult yeah, as know, well. But in that, that is. but John Belushi five eight. Wouldn't have guessed that. Would have thought he was a big guy. Well, you know they they always compare John Belushi and um, Chris Farley. I mean those. Do some, they? So I you know physical again though he yeah, was he wasn't sure. big and fat. He was kind of a bigger like. Belushi was tubby. Belushi was tubby, but he wasn't big and fat. No, then, no, right? not, not like Chris Farley. Not like Chris Farley. But they always compare the two. Physical yeah. comedy, big guys, stuff yeah. like that. So um, we're, we're changing this podcast, too. We're just going to go through talking about how fat everybody is <laughs> in Hollywood. <laughs> just anyway, men. Just men. Well, the, the just Chalmers men. big and tall, though. Chalmers big and Chalmers tall. Getting a tall, T-shirt. Yeah, yeah that's a, that's Somebody a make one. one for us. This movie stressed me out. How so? I just, I have, if I'm experiencing stress in my life, one of the ways it manifests is I have nightmares about not being able to catch trains and planes and having cars break down and things like that. Like the logistics of travel is a pretty big part of my life. And yeah. so I think that's how my stress manifests. Right. I have nightmares like 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 this. This this is like literally the kind of nightmare I would have well, where you can't get on. I, you know, you whole, get you get to the rental car place and it's just the car's yeah, gone. The car's and then there. you can't get yeah. back because you can't walk in an airport. Right. They never build airports so you can walk between sure. areas. I had to walk around the Dallas airport the other day oh. and literally was like I was taking my life in my own hands just to go from the hotel to like the... Don't they have the, a train for that? Well, they do, but the train would have gone all, all the way, way around. around. I would have had to ah. wait 10 minutes for the car to get to the train. Oh, I see. And I was like, I can see where I'm going. It's 300 <laughs> feet away. Well, so that's a personal and, choice, though. That's uh, not a It's a personal to. choice, but it was... But you're right, though. I mean, they, they build these in... Um, I mean, there's a way to get from point A to point B, but you there have to is, go yeah. through 25 other points to right, get to right. those. That and there's no option for walking. Right. They don't just build like a little footbridge. because No, you're it's this right big there. roundabout yeah. thing, right? And that's um, also Texas. That's, da- that's Dallas true. is probably, Texas is worse. But I'll tell you this, my stress of travel was never anything until I had kids. Like when yes. I've got a family. Oh, yes. If yes. it's just me, yes. I don't care. Yeah. I mean, I, and I was thinking that, like yeah, I would spend the true. night in the airport. 
Yep, I would I, too. I, I would probably I've done just, it. I, I've done it many times. You, know? you do the you do the move where you wrap your leg around, you wrap the strap of your bag around yep. your leg, and you just go to. And I'm talking about you don't even have to do that because in an airport when, because there's security. When you I'm do, I'm talking about I've slept in bus stations, and <laughs> right, train stations, right, exactly. places where somebody could theoretically steal your stuff. Because it's, it's a know. lot. It's a bigger pita, if you know what I mean. Uh, pain in the butt to actually go to oh, ho- go to a hotel, like go from the airport to the hotel, then back to the airport. I did that sure. in Atlanta one time. It was like yeah. like you know eleven o'clock at night. Yes, miss the flight. Yes, go to the air- go to the the hotel to find out that I have to be back at the airport at like five in the morning. Uh-huh. That happened so to me. So I got in like three hours of sleep. It's yep. not even worth it. Yep. You know? They were like, we've, we've comped you dinner and a room, and I'm like, <laughs> right. oh, that's nice. And I'm like, well, let's see. It's 10 o'clock now. The so restaurant closes closed. in 20 yeah, minutes. Every, exactly. And uh, you've given exactly me a hotel room that I yep. get to sleep in for four hours right. because <laughs> I have to get back to the hotel. You know. I, I, what I did is I got there. Restaurant was closed, as you, as you said. So I hiked over to the Waffle House, which is always open. Uh, that's uh, true. Got got some waffles. It's then, always open unless someone has just thrown up in the Waffle House and then they have <laughs> right. to close down. Or got to, in a fight or shot down. somebody. Or right? shot somebody, right. Uh, and then next door to the convenience store to get a six-pack and then back to my room, okay. eat it, slept for two and a half hours. That's what, not when I was interrupted by somebody like trying to force their way into my room. Um, did that happen? It did. I was where, where was that? Atlanta. Uh, oh. It was a seedy hotel. That was, that was probably yeah, one of the seediest hotels I've, yes, I've been in a long yes, time. Yes, I've stayed in some bad hotels. Thank you, Delta. I was just way. talking to my wife about how Quality Inn, uh-huh. it, one of the most ironically named <laughs> places in the world, and it's not even that it's like always bad. It's uh, that you can't rely on the quality. Right. You go to Motel 6, it's a dump. Well, you know it's a dump. Actually, they're not lying to you because there is a quality about it. It does have a quality. It has a quality. You know, I, <laughs> no, what I'm not going to tell you what it is anywhere from 1 to they 10. They don't say excellent, excellent paid, Quality Inn. I have paid $50 to stay at Quality Inn and gotten like a wonderful breakfast uh, and like a nice place to sleep, nice part of town. And uh, I have stayed at Quality Inn, <laughs> and it was like you wanted to wear like Kevlar in order to get through. The, it, but it, there was a quality to both. But there was a quality to right. both. So yes, they're not they lying. did both possess a quantity of quality. Right. It's just a varying <laughs> quantity of quality. Had they said fine Quality Inn? Right. You would have been disappointed on that the second That would have been one. a lie on the second Right. Yeah. Okay, so planes, yeah, trains. Yeah, I said that here. I said, I've slept in an airport. Tough up, dude. <laughs> planes, trains, automobiles. So they take uh, a right. rental car. They go through all of them. Take a rental car. Mm-hmm. They try the uh, train. Yes. Hitchhike. And then. When they got on the train, I was like, okay, how are they going to play it's this? It's over. What, what yeah. could possibly go wrong with right. the train? Things don't go. I, my parents were on a train one time, and the train hit a car. And so they were waylaid for a couple of hours while they cleared the tracks of but the debris. But then they went on, And then right? they went on. Yeah, you know, I found that I found that they, one. They don't break down. Yeah. That's, that's pretty. Or if they break down, I think some there's a Johnny on the spot to fix it up. And you would think get so. Get people yeah. moving. Yeah. And that's kind of a commuter area, back east. You know, there's trains that, that well, go Well, see, that's, see, that's the forth, thing. So. You say back east, uh-huh. right? But well, this, that's Midwest. Yeah, this movie, This movie yeah. reminds you. That yeah. like Chicago and New York are really far, are apart. not that close together. Yeah. Like the yeah. Eastern United States is a pretty big, big place in right. itself. Like, if I got up in the morning and left DC and tried to drive to Chicago that same day, yeah, I could do it, but it wouldn't be. It'd be, you know, it's a good six or seven hundred miles between the two places. That's a long ways to it's go. A slog. If, if, yeah, if you, if you can't sure. fly, that's a long way. So he goes to Wichita, which is he goes below to Wichita. And, and further. I was West, looking at the map. Right? I was trying to figure out, is Wichita actually any closer to Chicago than New York? And it is, it is, but it's not by much. Yeah, so it's further, you're, you're is it too, further west? It's further west yeah. and south. So and you're, south, like, yeah. you're like at the bottom of Kansas, maybe uh-huh. 100 miles west into Kansas. Right. So you get, And then he ends up going to St. Louis from there. St. And just Louis, to go yeah. from there to St. Louis would be a four- or five-hour drive. Yeah. So then to go up to Illinois, uh-huh. to Chicago, would be another four. You're still... It's about the same distance, I think. Yeah, that's, unless that's you a made long it, maybe trip. there's a straight shot like the hypotenuse of that sure. would, be, would be. What was it, what was your what is your favorite mode of transportation when you travel? I mean, I drive in cars all the time. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm used to that. I'm, so, I'm would a, you rather drive somewhere than, than fly somewhere? It depends. There's a there's a breaking point, right? Like any more than ten hours. One time, I got to the airport. I was supposed to go to Dallas, and I realized that. I had bought tickets for the wrong one because they just Travelocity, like it refreshed uh-huh. and reset oh, no. my dates and I purchased it and didn't notice. Oh, geez. So I get to the airport and I was like, Ugh, all right, I'll drive to Dallas. And it was like a 10 hour drive. Yeah, that sucks. Hour. But, you know, you yeah, can do it. It's doable. I didn't just give up on the trip, in yeah. other words. But if it had been Seattle, I probably would have just given up on the trip. <laughs> you know, I, that, that's, that's, that's a long far. drive. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, uh, mine would have to be well. I, I think that's a really good way to put it. It depends on the drive. If it's an interesting, nice drive, then I'll drive it. Actually, I don't like. I don't mind driving to L.A., San Diego, something like that. You know, it's, it's no, that's kinda, not too bad. It's I've an easy that. drive. Driving to Vegas, it's about as far as driving to, to L.A. from where we're at. And I would so much rather fly there. Driving to 
Las Vegas. I don't know. It's just something about the drive. Is that worse than L.A.? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. because you, you go to Phoenix, and then from Phoenix, you have to go up to I-40. Okay? Right. So basically, you're on a two-lane road to go up to I-40. Crappy, you know, like state road. So you're slowing down for cows and and little towns and uh, stuff like that. I mean, they, they need to do a That's bypass. one thing. Growing they up need to in, do like a spur right there. Growing up in D.C., I learned that in almost every situation, barring some kind of you know, societal collapse-inducing emergency that has just happened. Don't ever take the side roads. Take the interstate. I learned, yeah. you'd, always, you'd always look at it and be like, oh, it's a straight shot. I could go, you know, like through Vienna and, and end right. up on foreign. You know, it's, don't do it. Don't do it. Just get on the beltway. Just bite the bullet. Just be on the yeah, interstate. Yeah, but, you know, out here in the, in, the, in the West, a lot of places are— It's a little better, yeah. Well, a lot of places are off highways. They're not off interstates. Well, that's true. If you're you know? going off the highway, you don't have any choice. Like uh, we go to Carlsbad all the time to see the in-laws. Yeah, that's no interstate nothing but, there, yeah, yeah, nothing but highway. Yep. So, yep. And you've got two lousy highways to choose from. So it's like, which yeah. one's shorter? And— uh, and yeah. can I drive faster on and, and uh Yeah, the scale of a state like New Mexico, yeah, it just dwarfs what you're looking right. at back east. I mean, like what are we, number five in the state in the country? Yeah, something like that. Something like yeah. that. It's huge. It's, a bigger it's one, just yeah. huge. I mean yeah. there's for me to drive from here to Santa Fe, I'd almost be in Boston from <laughs> DC. You right. know? I mean it'd be so sure, far. Sure. Like it's 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 a long ways. Well anyway, we're getting off. We're getting into some really ins- inside <laughs> baseball. That's maybe not that interesting yeah, let's, to Let's uh, talk about it. We're talking about a movie. Yeah, we? we are. Planes, trains and automobiles. So yeah, there's a whole bunch of people in this that are in other John Hughes movies. Yes. I noticed. Yeah, he, he recasts a lot of the same people. Recasts a lot of the same people. I've heard people say there's a little bit of a shared universe in John Hughes movies. Probably. Yeah. Um I've never picked up on it but well it all takes place in around chicago it's all always around chicago that much is that much is true but like for instance the dad from ferris bueller is his buddy right at the beginning of the movie they're both ad men and that's ferris bueller's dad's job he's an advertiser right the only thing that says it's not the same character to me is that he lives in chicago yes in ferris bueller yes and apparently no they're going home to chicago aren't they well he doesn't go home with steve martin but you, no, you, no, you, they're both going home to Chicago, aren't they? No, never mind. Well, they I are going home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was but thinking they, they, they were going go, to New York. But they don't go to the airport together. No, no, because mm-hmm. he's never going to make the six. Oh. He's going to take the nine o'clock. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's yeah, so, yeah, uh, no, totally, to Chicago, totally yeah. could be the same character. Probably is. Except that Ben Stein shows up in the movie. Yeah. And has a completely different job and then, lives in a completely different city. Than a teacher. Than the teacher in right. Bueller. But theoretically, it could be. John Candy appears yeah. in, in Home, Alone Home Alone as a different uh-huh. character. Yeah, so kind of the same character almost. He's the the leader of a Oompa band. He's similar, you similar, know, like a, a traveling guy with like estranged from his family. Yeah. And I mean, it's a very esoteric thing that he does. Like he doesn't sell shower rings. He sells. You yeah. know, he's like a Oompa yeah, yeah. guy. You know, poca poca poca. Yeah, poca poca poca. He's great. He has a really good small bit, small part. Yeah, that is a really Home Alone. I like that. It's a fun one. He's like, a, no, left one in a funeral parlor, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> he was pretty good. Came around after a couple of days, started talking again. <laughs> well, I just want to talk John Hughes, though. I mean, John Hughes, okay. look at his filmography. Yeah. My gosh. If you, if you yeah, grew up in the 80s, right? you cannot be a child of the 80s and not have seen probably three or four of these movies. I mean, Weird Science, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink. Um, Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, obviously. Yeah. Breakfast Club. Like I said, Home Alone. She's National having a baby's a smaller movie. National Lampoon's Vacation. National Lampoon's Vacation. And European, European Vacation. And Christmas. And Christmas, yeah. I don't know what. So he's got different roles that he plays for different movies. Like he's yeah. a writer on a lot of these. I think he wrote all of them. His, he, pr- he produced a lot of later. His filmography, if you look at it, is like incredible up to about 1993. Yeah. And that's if you stretch it to include Beethoven. Right. Which I don't know if I include Beethoven as an yeah. impressive filmography. Successful. Makes money, yeah. But, but like after that, it's like way downhill. Right. It's just garbage. It's like TV movies and stuff. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the guy. He got old. Yeah, he just. I think he, I think he just kind of retired. Well, what, you know? But how bad a position would you have to be when people wouldn't keep giving you a chance? Like, you know? Steven well, they, Spielberg's gone through somewhat fallow periods, but they're right. like, dude, you're Steven Spielberg. We're going to give you another shot. Well, and you know? Spielberg has produced a lot of stuff. He produces and, and, his own and, stuff, I and, guess. Yeah. Did you ever Jumpery. see Career Opportunities? No. Well, With, uh, it's got John Cryer and um, Jennifer Connelly. No. And they get, they get like locked in a Walmart at night. And like, I don't know. I, just, I really liked that one when yeah. I was a kid. That one, I thought Is that, that a one Hughes was one? great. That's a John Hughes yeah, movie, okay. yeah. But it's, what, it's later stuff. It's like 91, 92. Like I saw it when I was yeah. in high school, I think. Did he do Gross Point Blank? No, because he grew up in Gross so. Point. John Cusack is it's a, John is Cusack. A, yeah, I remember. And I remember John that. Cusack, uh, but that's where John Hughes is from. Is Gross Point? Gross Point, huh? Yeah, he died, right? John Hughes? Yeah. Yeah, he did, didn't he? 
sudden heart attack. I think he's only well, like so we got 50. Flubber. Nine years old. Right? Yeah, Flubber. He did the Flubber, yeah. the, the 97 Flubber. 101 Dalmatians, the one with Glenn Close. Right. That's pretty successful. Yeah, That's 96. Baby's Day Out, I think, was a pretty successful movie. Yeah. Dennis the Menace, he wrote that. That was terrible. I didn't see it, but I think it was successful. A lot of this stuff, like I thought Walter Matthau, that's great casting. Yeah. That's exactly who Mr. Wilson should be. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, look, Made in Manhattan, that, that's a pretty successful film, and that's in that's 2002. A yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Is that the J-Lo? That's Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. Yeah, that one was successful, if I remember right. I never saw it, but okay. Then, But then, Drill Bit Taylor, oh, multiple Home Alone and Beethoven right. rewrites. I mean, just not good stuff. Yeah. Just kind of disappears, kind of like Rick Moranis. He just like almost well, seems he, almost he like does. He, I mean, he, he does kind of retire. I mean, he just withdraws more and more towards the kind of end of his life. I think Uncle by the time Buck, Great Outdoors. By the time he passed, so he, he was only like fifty nine, I think, when he when he passed away. I think right? so. Yeah, not not old. Like a sudden heart attack. By the time he died, there was a movie out called Finding John Hughes. I think there's like a documentary. Oh, out, like, really? Because he'd sort of yeah, because stepped out of the limelight. Yeah, nobody knew where. where hey, he what was. are we drinking for this one? I have no idea. You what have are no we idea. So what we're drinking? The plan was uh, airport bottles of tequila. Right. Because he Travel says, "Oh, says. I'm going on a trip to Mexico," and they drink out of their airport bottles. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately. Let the let and I didn't know this. I learned this by going to the store and trying to buy airport bottles. So New Mexico in in two thousand twenty one, it might have been two thousand twenty, legislature passed a law that banned the sale of one ounce miniatures in the state of New Mexico. And when did this happen? Uh, so it would have been it was legislative session. So they pa- they passed it probably like March. Oh, like this year. Okay. Either this year or last. But here's the, here's the thing: the state legislator that brought it up, his district is comprised um, of Indian reservation. Okay. And so his argument was that Native Americans are getting drunk off these things, so we need to ban them. I swear to God, that's his argument. Go look it up. I mean, everybody is. Right, and that's <laughs> and how is that not? I mean, as perso- racist as you personally, could possibly get, right? Where I grew up, you don't sell spirits at the gas station. To me, that's right. bizarre. <laughs> I've lived here for six years, right. and every time I walk into the gas station, there's just hard liquor behind. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, <laughs> welcome to New Mexico. Yeah, I know. We but, used to have drive-through uh, liquor can. I mean, just kind of like I think New, I think Louisiana still has them, but Louisiana yeah, you, does, yeah. But you could drive through. Well, um, Louisiana did when I lived there, which was going still on do. twenty well, years ago. So I visited about seven years ago. They still had it, but anyway. Yeah, so that's that's why. But so everybody switched to the two ounce mm-hmm. miniatures, which you get. I was just so stupid. It is pretty stupid. I don't really understand but, uh, why. Well, yeah. well, here's to uh, cheers. Cheap, cheap gas station liquor. Well, okay. So I went with the old Joe Raven special. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, perfectly acceptable. You know, sort of middle middle grade silver tequila, right? <laughs> sure. What did we say about the silver and the gold? What was the difference again? One's one's just aged in something that yeah. gives it color, right? Right. That's all okay. it is. Depending. I mean, the cheap stuff actually probably just has coloring added to it. Yeah, this might. That's Let me true. see. Let me see. This is from Jalisco. Yeah, they're all from Jalisco. Oh, that burn's going down. Tequila has to be made in Jalisco. Is that right? Yeah. Only in the state That's of Jalisco. I think we discussed all Jalisco, this before Mesco, with the good, the bad, and the ugly. We went through the whole tequila thing. blue agave. We had a, I had a nice bottle of tequila for that episode, but it's in Virginia, so it does me no good here. Just this seeing, because there's like fine. there's some cheap okay. uh, Cuervo. They like to make what's called a mixto. Uh-huh. Heard of that? Uh, no. It's basically it's like 51 percent tequila and 49 percent vodka or neutral ew. spirit. Yeah, ew is right. Ew. Why would such an unholy combination be created? Just being cheap, like some Cthulhu of spirits. So the the cheapest form of Jose Cuervo Gold is a mixto. Okay. Um, that one's that one's not that one's a real real stuff, but it's. You know, just Cuervo actually got the very first, I think, uh, license to distill tequila from the king of Spain ah, in nice. like the, the late 1500s. So Really? They were making tequila that long? Yeah. Yeah. That, huh. that one's an old, old one. Was that something that native people were making? They were making something called pulque. P-U-L-Q-U-E. I've heard of pulque. Yeah. A pulque you never see for sale in the States. No. And it, was, it wasn't distilled. Because, pulqueria. There's a, there's um, a pulqueria in uh, Under the Volcano, the Malcolm Lowry book we talked about oh, last yeah. time. Yeah. The guy, the guy all, the, all the locals hang out in the pulqueria. And yeah. It's kind of like, it's I like a like, beer. What is that? It's like an agave beer. But, oh, okay. Right. But uh, yeah, so the Spaniards didn't have any brandy. You know, it was kind of tradition in, in, in Spain was to drink brandy. And so they made, they actually called it agave or 
Mescal brandy, I think is what they called it. Okay. Uh, they didn't call it tequila. It was actually called tequila because it came from the region of tequila. There's a town called tequila. In oh, there is. Jalisco, okay. yeah. yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what? Where the hell's tequila? <laughs> yeah, sorry. But, uh, Where the heck is tequila? Right. It actually has a really cool history. It's from 1795. It's oh, 1795. Okay, 1795. 15 something seemed a little far back. We got. I, I want to try that sometime. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be good, but I would like to try it. I think it. it's a general name because I think they make it with corn as well. Okay. It's like corn pulque. Oh, so okay. it's, it's probably regional because agave doesn't grow everywhere. It only grows really around that area. The Chihuahuan Desert. Yeah. Well, no, oh, not the Chihuahuan de- not. Desert. It's Jalisco. That's the main area where okay. it grows naturally down there. So that pulque down there was they're using agave up here. But maybe with a corn mash like mixed to it to create a beer? Probably not. Up here they're okay. using corn. Up here in... Chihuahuan Desert. Uh, they're using corn. I've heard of mesquite bean pulque. Okay, that's interesting. Um, yeah, which has some it has some sugar to it before it dries mm-hmm. out. And sotol, which is a, a plant. It's pretty that, much that analogous to tequila, right? It's just made from a slightly different plant. A uh, very different plant. It's very yeah, different. Okay, very different plant. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, it's it's a desert vegetation, but it's like a it's actually related to the tulip. I have trouble telling the two apart. Really? When, I, when I'm walking in the dead, I'm like, I don't know. I think most of them are, um, oh, no, it's yucca. Mm-hmm. Yucca. And so it's all yucca, I have trouble yeah. telling apart. Yucca grows up high. Agave looks nothing So y- like, yucca yeah. grows tall. So tall grows right on the ground. It's the one that's like right on the ground. Yeah, okay. It has similar like spines and stuff yeah, like th- that. Yeah, those those two are similar. That's what I meant. I don't yeah. have, agave looks nothing like a, like a <laughs> yucca tree. Yeah. I was thinking, yeah, yeah okay. That's not House right. of War. So that, I like that scene, by the way. That's probably Which, where that. Yeah, where they're drinking in the hotel room. The, the hotel room. room. Yeah. yeah that's, where the, that's where the movie changes. Like it changes tone right there. Um, yeah, which is a big thing in John Hughes movies. Yeah. They're, they can be really funny, but the ones that I really like the most always have these moments of like, and I hate to use this word again because we talked about it last time, but pathos. There's mm-hmm. like a little bit of like, these are real characters having right. real problems. Things are kind of funny, but they're real characters with real problems. There's some moments in Ferris Bueller, you know, with Cameron. Like there's this one sort of troubled dynamic character in the midst of uh, Ferris Bueller's just this agent for making yeah. this other character change, right. even though he's the main character. But there's also all this zany stuff going on around it. Right. I, kinda, I, like, I like that a lot. That that slows me down and lets me live in the world of the comedy a lot more than right. just say something like well, Tommy it, Boy, which it, is just it slows it slows the movie to, down too. It slows and it down. Yeah, I like and that. It, and it creates a more of a three dimensional person. Right. Out of I, out I'm going to laugh a lot more with what I consider to be a three dimensional person right. than I will with just one one of these movies they do today, and it's always just the movie is called what it is, like. Wedding Crashers. <laughs> What's that about? What's it about? Yeah, it's right. about some guys that crash weddings, you know. Bad bosses. What's it about? They have bosses that aren't very good. Bench you know? warmers. Or what no, it's be? bad moms, horrible bosses, right? Dad, bad moms. Whatever. I, don't know, I can't whatever. remember. But there's a, there's like a bad thirty Santa. or forty of these movies that are bad Santa. Well, actually, that's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> Do you like that, that one's one? pretty edgy. Yeah, um, I, I, well, I he is a bad Santa, one. though. Yeah. I mean, he is literally a bad Santa, <laughs> and it's so it's got the title. Terrible Santa. It's got maybe. the title, but it's actually, it's actually got downplaying how bad he was. The little boy, the relationship he has with yeah. the little kid in that movie, mm-hmm. has some legitimate like pathos in it. You're like, right. who's this poor little neglected kid? You know, like, and he really kind of like like lets bad Santa into his life, sure. which is a disaster, right? It should right. be hor- this kid should end up dead for having that happen, <laughs> but like it kind of goes in it anyway. That, I kind of anyway, like that one, yeah, but maybe one, not that sensitive to the little know, the, person. The turning community. point in this. Because you mentioned it, like the turning point in this is almost exactly like the turning point in Breakfast Club, where all the stuff happens, but then there's that one part where yeah, the kids sort of open up. And yeah, the kid says he wants to commit suicide yeah. and blah 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 and all this other stuff, and it gets really like kind of heart yeah. rending, you know, yeah. where they're opening up, but it's opening up in the midst of everything that's kind of happened, all the zaniness and so forth, mm-hmm. and that's where it turns, right? That's where the yep. movie turns, and suddenly each of them they have a different relationship with each other. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really powerful way to tell a story. But so he was known for his like, like teenage stuff, right? So he came out. He has an interesting story because he started with National Lampoon. No, he was like a salesman or something. I mean, he sold something really. Hmm. Was it shower rings? <laughs> it wasn't shower rings. It was. Okay. It was something that that wasn't that like great. It didn't have him in a spotlight. But it, uh, his job allowed him to travel to New York, and so he'd go to New York and then visit the National Lampoon offices. And then, uh, oh, and then became a joke writer. Okay. He started writing jokes for like Rodney Dangerfield and stuff like that. Oh, interesting. And that got him into in the door with, um, with National Lampoon. And who was the editor? PJ PJ O'Rourke is that the guy's name? That was the 
There is a PJ O'Rourke, yeah. I think he was the editor. Oh, was um, he of National Lampoon? Yeah, I think oh, he was the original He's so conservative as an adult, it seems strange. I mean, as a well, I mean, Lamp- later career person. But Lampoon was... And I was thinking about that afterwards because I read a read a, a short... These kinds of people were more politically diverse back in the old days. They were, yeah. but John Hughes is also very conservative. And, and he, you don't think of it, but I don't think of it as conservative. I think of it as like um, libertarian almost, you know? Sure, yeah. National yeah. Lampoon was hugely libertarian. It was well, most thinking conservatives. That's pretty much what they are. Yeah. A lot, almost I everybody so. I know who's like a person that I consider to be right. like intellectually conservative is Pro- kind the, of the a libertarian. The problem is when you say he was a conservative, it could mean that he was like you know a Bible thumper. No, or I don't mean like that. that yeah, right? Yeah, right. It's unfortunate See, that's, they, they that's, all get thrown in the same kind not of. Not to get into into politics, but that's the part of the right that I've always just been like, get that out of my face. I have mm-hmm. no time for any of that stuff. But the politically conservative, like P.J. O'Rourke kind of person. Yeah. Not saying I agree with them all the time, but I, I talk to those people. Yeah. Like they, they say things that I agree with some of the time. So, right. that yeah, the reason I've always ended up voting the other way is because of the culturally conservative. Sure. Thing. sure. I just have no time for that. I'm not interested in that at all. So, but so he got a job there, and then he, uh, I guess he, oh, I can't remember what, he wrote a screenplay while he was at National Lampoon, and it got, got him some, uh, like, got him a little bit of fame. Uh-huh. And then he wrote National Lampoon's Vacation. And yeah, that's, okay. That launched his career, which I can see was a great movie. Uh, did you ever see the first one? How old were you when you saw the first one? I've seen it, yeah. I'm trying to remember how long it's been since I saw it. John Candy was in that one, too. John Candy's the guard at yeah, Wally guard, World yeah. at the end. That's right. Sorry, folks. Wally World's closed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, That was uh, that's pretty good. I like that one. Um, that one's a little... So there's a moment in this movie when Steve Martin gets picked up by his nether regions at the airport, right? He gets punched by the guy and the guy picks him up and then he's like talking with like a helium voice. <laughs> for a brilliant, yeah. I was watching that and I was like, I was like, oh, this is such a dumb bit. <laughs> I was like when he's so, talking like, but I, I was, was like, laughing so hard. And I, and I was watching and I was like, I, I don't know this is true, but I bet Steve Martin wrote that. Might I have. Had that idea and put that, because it's so dumb. <laughs> it, it's like a couple of minutes of like, this is not my movie anymore. Like, I don't want this. I don't want this. Like, Well, it's, it, the, what makes that part good is nobody references it. Yeah. Nobody says, oh, now I'm talking like this. Or, I can't believe you're talking like that or whatever. It's right. just right. Be, because before that, you see him get picked up by his nuts. And then, he, <laughs> and then John Candy's doing all the talking. And then the first time he talks, yeah. well, what do you know? <laughs> what do you think about that? Not <laughs> my like, style. Not my like style. Me. I was, I was cracking style, up. Because yeah. it was so stupid. Yeah, it was such a stupid bit, you know. Yes, like, exactly. That, that's why. That's why it was funny. Right. And like the dumb part where the car's like turning around, and remember when he spins out, yeah. like he loses control of the cars. It looks so stupid and fake, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you know, yeah. you know, they obviously shot it like fast forwarded it and stuff. There's a bit. I think it's in Tommy Boy where the deer's in the car and the deer just like <laughs> wakes up yeah. in the back and starts yeah, kicking starts, the crap. Like, yeah. It's very simple. That one I laughed at. I thought but that I mean, was hilarious. It, what was reason. funny about it was they could have put more production into that. I mean, they could have sure. they could have shown the outside of the car that's spinning around everything, but they chose not to. There was they one went, shot. They went the stupid cheap route on yeah. purpose. Well, that's yeah. You know? That that that, that was. There's one shot toxic. actually when they after the car squeaks between the two mm-hmm. tractor trailers, and they're driving along, <laughs> and there's a shot from the front of the car uh-huh. where the the camera zooms. The, the, the car is clearly driving down a highway in the shot, and it's almost as if it's on a. Maybe it's on a truck, truck and probably, like a boom yeah. under the truck and yeah. like can't. But I was watching. I was like, "How do you get that shot without yeah. a drone?" Like today they would use a drone. Probably and could do it yeah, easily. But absolutely. I was just like, "That's pretty impressive." I was, I, and it, you don't even really notice. I it. was so taken with him seeing him as the devil and then see, seeing them both as skeletons. <laughs> God, <laughs> it was dumb, but it worked. That's the stuff. That's see, the stuff that now. loses me. <laughs> I'm laughing now. <laughs> because because they just insert it. It's not like the whole movie is like that. No. They no. insert these things, these really ridiculous right. things. Well, my vote because is, it, it breaks it up. My vote is against that bit. That bit <laughs> and the high pitch bit. Oh, my vote God. is against that stuff. That, Boo. That, that kooky Party stuff. I, I don't have a Boo. lot of patience for that. But Intellectual elites are after us. I don't know enjoy. about that. I mean, I, I like a good, like, you know wiener joke but it, it, it needs to it needs to exist with well, how much more of a wiener joke do you need does somebody get picked the, up by the testes and talking like, like, like he's he just inhaled helium i mean that is talk, i think we were talking about this one time with like the early 80s teen movies uh-huh. and then there's a transition breakfast club i think is the moment when it transitions and you go from if you just look at john cusack you go from better off dead right. and you compare that with say anything yeah i am a say anything man hundred times out of a hundred. 
I used to love Better Off Dead, but I go back and watch it. And I'm like, oh my god, it's so cheesy. Yeah, it like, doesn't does the age fake well. stuff, the little animated creatures and stuff. Yeah. Like I'm just like, what am I watching? Like this is that Looney Tunes stuff in a movie just right. loses me every time. I'm just like, ah, give me something. Everybody wants some. You don't like that whole. <laughs> some of it was pretty fun. Some of it's. Look, pretty you funny, look at that. Somebody threw away a perfectly good, good white perfectly boy. good white. Yeah, <laughs> the guy that always wants to race him. Yeah, but and he learned English from Howard Cosell. Yeah. And yeah. pulling up to the a light a of a shell of his former self. A shell self. of his former self. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, yep. That, that one is pretty pretty terrible. Yeah. Like there's is. a blob at some point. There's like a food blob because the mom can't I think cook. So. I think anyway. so. Yep. yep. Yeah. But uh, like I, I, I show old movies to the kids sometimes. And we put right. that one on. And like 10 minutes in, I was like, ooh, sorry, guys. This one does not <laughs> right. hold up. So I became a teenager in 1980. Seven. So his earlier teenage movies like Sweet Sixteen, Pretty um, in Pink, Pretty in Pink, those were kind of before I was a teenager. Sure, I mean, those yeah. were earlier eighties, and I always heard that like he became famous for having more of an edgy, true to life, like what it's really like to be a teenager type of thing. And they're like smoking pot and you know and cursing and yeah. doing that kind of stuff. And but and the I, difference in tone like, between Pretty in Pink and Sixteen Candles is huge. It's a huge no, it, it, it Sixteen is. Candles is goofy. Yeah, it is. You know, but and then Pretty in Pink has got a pretty. It's pretty yeah, serious. Right. It's a little bit of a serious edge to but, it. Um, but there were, people compare it to those that came before that. And I was like, well, what came before that? And and it's true. It was like Porky's. I was going to say. Screwballs. That's, that's a movie I've never know, seen. Or, uh, Porky's. Meat, I remember. Meatballs, you know. <laughs> when I was a little kid, Porky's was like just the, the name of the movie was like famous among all the kids on the block as right. being like the bawdiest thing yes, you could ever yes. see. Like, oh, uh, my God. It's a terrible I no movie. Idea. So I have no stupid. idea what that movie is. I don't even know what it's about or anything. I just it's, remember people being like, have you seen Porky's? And everybody would be like, yeah, i It's about a bunch it. of teenagers trying to go to a strip strip club or is something that like that. Is? Yeah, okay. like the yeah. middle of the swamp. And the guy like throws them out so they get revenge on them and all the goofy ways that you'd get revenge on Meatballs. people. Meatballs. Meatballs is another one. Another one. Same, uh, um, same ilk. Yeah, so so basically you had all these zany, dumb comedies. Yes. You know, with teenagers in them. and yes, uh, and And so I guess his writing would talk about the things that were going on in their lives. So things like teenage pregnancy or you know suicide or you know substance abuse or yeah. depression and things yeah. like that right um, and so that's kind of what made gave him his huge following and I guess like fast times at Ridgemont High I, I do remember that one because I saw that one that must have come out in later 80s because I remember no, seeing that's like that 81 one. was it it's really early yeah. was it that early yeah because I, I remember that one I um, saw that one later on videotape or something like that that was pretty edgy I mean that had all of those Definitely. oh <laughs> all of those no fat, fast times at Ridgemont high if I'm not mistaken is Cameron Crow right I'll, I'll, so it's a, a female writer and director mm, I can't remember her maybe. name um, maybe but that's one of the reasons it had so many female specific Amy Heckerling is yeah. the director of the writers Cameron Crow oh it is Cameron yeah. Crow okay because I was thinking it's the same guy that did say anything same guy that wrote say anything okay yeah uh, and I guess almost famous. Almost right? famous, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so well, that, that makes one, sense. He was a Rolling Stone writer. Because Fast so. Times is definitely dealing with serious issues. Yeah, it's for very sure. realistic about. I don't know if it's realistic about being a teenager, but anyway, it's not pulling. Well, your it had it about. had it had a lot of perspective that yeah. you would typically not see, right? Like especially from a girl's point of view. Yes, you know, which is unheard of. Yeah, right. Definitely, definitely. Like the girl uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's like Jennifer Jason Lee, arguably yeah. the main character of right. that movie. Um, and what happens to her and everything and else? Lots of yeah. bad, th- you know. Yeah, I mean, the stuff. She's not like, you know, in Sixteen Candles or Weird Science. Right. Females are props for <laughs> yes, jokes. Completely. You know, they are not completely. characters. They are props for jokes. Yes. You know? So the woman, the wife in this movie, is just kind of pining away, and then at the end, is she, she seems even? way too emotional for yeah, him it, having it, been it, gone for well, like it, two days. Is and, she even yeah. pining away? I mean, because you you she s- looks at him like someone that's just come home from World War II after right. four years. You know, like the problem is, is there's, there's pro- problem is there's no backstory to like ha- has this happened before? <laughs> is like Thanksgiving like the biggest <laughs> was, biggest time? You know, was Columbus Day life? just like this? <laughs> exactly. You know? you know, or 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 is it like Thanksgiving is that the holiday? Yeah. You know, I mean, what wh- right. what gives it so much I, import, you know? Yeah, I don't know. And uh, you don't really get that. The bit parts, other than that, the wife, she's an actress that's in other things. And she's not. Like, is she? I didn't recognize she, her yeah, at all. Yeah, she's, she's from other things. I can't remember what. I meant to look it up, and I didn't. But the other bit characters in this movie, 
There's so many good ones. Like I, d- I didn't know her name. I had to look it up. But Edie McClurg, the lady that works at the rental office, <laughs> she's awesome. Yeah, the one that's in she's Ferris been Bueller. So much. Yeah, she's yeah. hilarious. She was a secretary. Right? She's the same yeah. character. She's a secretary. She even does that little head scratching yeah. thing where she where she goes like that. Wasn't know. she the secretary? Grace. Like principal's yeah. Secretary. Grace. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, she's really good. The uh, the lawyer from Jurassic Park works mm-hmm. at works at the motel and we're right. part of it. Yeah, and he's like really funny and skeezy. Like he yeah. does a really good a job. Stylish in that watch. Part. Yeah. There was oh Kevin Bacon. Yeah, Kevin Bacon shows up at the beginning of the movie <laughs> like for no reason. Yeah, he's a dapper businessman that's yeah, trying to like catch a cab. Yeah, he's like racing him with the cab. Yeah. I dare say there are more in this one than a lot of other John Hughes than a lot of the other ones. So it's fun doing that, and he uses a lot of the same actors and actresses, like he you does. said. So there's yeah. that guy that drives the cab at the beginning um, when they're leaving the airport in Wichita. Yeah, that guy's in a bunch of other stuff, and right. I can't remember what. The one guy that picks him up in the truck that's doing the. <laughs> like, like. Oh yeah, that guy's like a like a. Primary actor yeah, and a bunch of stuff later on. I looked, I looked him up because I didn't know his name. His name's, uh, well, whatever. I, I can't find it. But sorry. Sorry, man. Michael McKeon shows up yeah, as the as the state trooper that pulls right. him over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know, right. And just plays it straight completely. Yeah. Michael McKeon's like hilarious guy. He just yeah. plays a state trooper who's run into two people that <laughs> right, are driving right. a burnt. He doesn't make a joke at all. I think, I think he's connected to National Lampoon. Somehow. Michael McKean is? Yeah, I think he is. I think there's some connection with National Lampoon. Well, him. he's in, um, he's with Christopher Guest and all those guys in Spinal Tap. And like, right, he's right. sort of in that group. Right. So they might be through SCTV. Maybe. There's a whole writer's thing. Yeah, there's, I think, I'm yeah. pretty sure he's Canadian, though. And yeah, I think, I think that true. might be where, like, Eugene Levy and uh, yeah. John Candy, yeah, obviously, right, right, a bunch right. of those other guys. Maybe it's the John Candy connection, then. You ever traveled on a bus? Yes. We talked about this once, didn't we? Yeah, well, my... Uh, no, I'll, we talked about trains, whether or not you'd been on a train. Yeah, so when I was a kid, every summer, I'd spend every summer uh, out of my grandparents in Roswell, New Mexico. Okay. Watch the uh, UFOs go by. Right. So Roswell is about three hours due... Pretty much due east. Due east, east here, yeah. as the crow flies. Uh, but I'd take a Crayhound with my brother. I was starting at about four years old. He, oh, wow. He would have been seven. What? Got on a Greyhound. That is some 1980s. Like, <laughs> that us, would never happen. Shipped us to Roswell. There would be a stop in Alamogordo, New Mexico. Wow. Where you'd I, go and buy, you'd go try to buy a ticket for a four-year-old and a seven-year-old today, and they'd be like, sure, and they'd just call the cops. <laughs> right, yeah, That's what put, would happen put them on, just these two. Yeah. And so uh, Grandma and Grandpa would meet us at the at the bus station in Roswell, hmm. get off, get our, our, our uh, suitcases, and then immediately take us to the barbers to get a haircut. Okay. Because that was what Grandma and Grandpa's did sure. when you're... World War II generation. My grandma just fattened me up. I'd go to my, my grandma's house for a couple of days, and my mom would look at me when I got home, and she'd be like, what did you eat? I'd be like, oh, it's like a bag of Snickers. My grandma, would, she would give us like a, like that butch cut, like for boys from the 1950s would have, uh-huh. so it's like almost a crew cut, and yeah, yeah. there'd be like one little kind of flap at the at the at the awesome like bangs like type Bob's of thing. Like Bob's big boy. Yeah, exactly. That's nice. exactly right. Nice. So we would have that all summer long. And uh, yeah, so I, we were on a bus quite a bit, did that, we'd go back and forth. It was uh, a lot of fun. I look at it now, though. I'm like, I would never do that to my children. No. Even back then, I couldn't do that to my children. I Different can't time, imagine. Man. A Different time. Seven-year-old. Can't imagine a seven-year-old. Especially well, he was in charge. Having to be like in charge of a <laughs> yeah. four-year-old. I, when I was uh, about that age, my dad said I was allowed to ride my bike down to the shopping center, mm-hmm. which was like a big deal. I learned to ride my bike, and he was like, you can ride down to the shopping center. It was like a mile from our house. And it was a big thing. We did it a couple of times. And then one time, I took my little sister with me, who was four. And a neighbor lady saw us there and, like, told my parents, and I was never allowed to go to the shopping center again. Like, <laughs> no. it was a big deal that I took he, my sister, oh, like, down to the shop. We were fine, but, yeah. I mean, how old do you think Steve Martin is in this movie? Because well, his kids see, are tiny. Steve Martin perpetually looks like he's he always 55 looks old, years right? old. Yeah, okay. You know? I don't um, think he's that old. So the jerk was probably early 80s, right? Yeah. Also never seen that. Same hair. Gray hair. Yeah. I think he was gray in Saturday Night Live. So. I mean, he's always had like yeah. gray I hair. I picture him with white hair, not even or just white gray, hair. Yeah, white, white hair, like right? Old man hair. Yeah. yeah. So I think he looks. If, if it was dyed, he would probably look in his forties. Yeah, which I, which think, I could. Which I well, could. Well, I was looking at his face. I was looking at the way his face looks like at the beginning of the movie. He, and I was have, like, he, he looks like he's in his thirties. Yeah, he doesn't have like, like laugh lines or he looks like, like that. Significantly yeah. younger than I right. am right now, I think. So see, he was born forty-five. So he would have been forty-two. Okay. Well, a year or two younger than me. Well, so he, but he looks in his fifties. But he looks like he's in his, his 50s hair. Oh my gosh! I mean, he could definitely have little kids at forty-two years. Is old. Is Steve Martin that funny? No, I think Steve Martin's terrible. Yeah, he's not I, a funny guy. Is yeah, it? that's why I was saying that stupid bit with the helium. <laughs> I was like, that's Steve Martin weighed in. He was, you know, for years and years, I guess I kind of thought he was okay, and then it kind of ruined it for me. He was on Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, and it was so sad. 
he was like trying to make jokes and he was talking tell, telling Jerry Seinfeld he was going to get back out on the road and like trying out some material for him and I was uh, just like it's so terrible and I went back and watched like YouTube videos he he had this like one man show he did that made him really famous and it's just like the dumbest thing you've ever well, seen well everybody I've, just, I've always heard people say Steve Martin really isn't that funny no like his stand up is terrible and a sketch comedy a bit like Robin Williams is he a without, sketch comedy guy he's a maybe? bit like Robin Williams without I think Robin the Williams zaniness? is wittier yeah, like Robin Williams is like verbally witty, like he. T- but like, when like I saw Mrs. Doubtfire recently, and I was watching like how hard Robin Williams was trying to still be funny. Yeah, and I was just like, man, you're not doing coke all the time anymore. Like you're just not, you know, you're not coming <laughs> right. up with it the way you used sure. to. Like it's just not that funny. Um, I, I think that's kind of it's a lot of physical comedy for Steve Martin, and like yeah. a little dash of physical comedy goes a long way for right. me. Like I, I can't watch them. He flails his arms around a lot and sure. has these really exaggerated reactions, and it's if you're on board, mm-hmm. he's fun to watch. Right. But the second you kind of break that, if if the spell is broken, and you're like, wait, is this guy funny? He's really not funny. <laughs> once you realize that, you're like, oh man. <laughs> when you have to ask yourself, wait, is is this so really there's, funny? So there's this comedian, Dane Cook. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen yeah, this stuff. Dick so Dick he's Dick. really famous among comedians for not being funny. Yeah. Right. And I'd heard that and I kind of laughed about it. I was at this bar one time and I'm watching the TV and, and this guy comes on TV and I was like, look, I was like, oh, what is that guy's name? Who is that guy? And this girl next to me right then goes, oh, that guy's so not funny. And I was like, Dane Cook. <laughs> <laughs> the words they go unfunny together. and they, they go together. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know if that's, did I don't Steve know if Martin Steve Martin's ever, that Did he bad, ever make a serious movie? I mean, yeah, he had a few that were a little more. Like, there's, there's always like serious moments, like in Father of the Bride, or yeah, like but LA like a serious story movie because, like, you know, um, Ro- you mentioned Robin Williams. He's in Good Will Hunting. That's not a funny movie. I mean, no, it's, it's well, a, you know, it's yeah, a drama. It's got a little bit of comedy. Too, um, yeah. So was Steve Martin ever in any dramas? Can't I mean, he must have been any. because he was um, one of the biggest stars. Hard to remember, but he was like one of the in biggest the 80s, stars in the, co- in the country. In like yeah. 1990, Steve Martin was one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. Yeah. Like he was huge. Um, and it's weird. Oh, it, like Roxanne. I forgot about Roxanne, that Roxanne, there's L- that uh, L.A. Story, I think. Yeah, um, L.A. Story I saw. He did the new version of the Pink Panther. Yeah, terrible. No, thank you. I don't know. I'm being awfully mean here, but like I'm looking through this. Stuff. I'm just wondering about his range is all. Because like Robin Williams could pull off a serious character, like a lot of pathos, as you mentioned. Parenthood I liked. Parenthood, Parenthood's but, but again, good. it's it's kind of, it's a comedy. Little Shop of Horrors, he has a small part, but he's really funny in he's that. He's a dentist, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he has a good bit. Three Amigos is pretty good. Three Amigos but is that's good. That's like really, you got three really good actors in that three one. Funny like, yeah, three funny actors. Yeah, three really funny actors together. And he does a show with uh, Martin Short today. Does he? Yeah, I think it's on uh, Netflix or something. But Steve Martin's actually a really, I think, banjo player? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, the banjo. I think so. I saw. Yep. I saw him actually at that comedy show. That's what I saw. Was he played the banjo? Yep, that's what he does. That's that's part of his part of his one. It was man like show him, was really and then some guy from Monty Python um, was also like playing guitar or something. Yeah, like see, there's there. no, there's nothing dramatic in here. Yeah, I didn't think nothing. so. And I'm being really rude about him, but I do actually really like him. Mm-hmm. Like I find him charismatic and charming, and I like watching him and stuff. But it's like I said, if I think to myself. Is this guy funny? All of a sudden, it ruins it for me. <laughs> it was like I was watching Mrs. Doubtfire, and I suddenly was like, is Robin Williams still funny in this movie? And as soon as I had that thought, I was like, no, he's really not. Well, like, and, really... And, and to be fair to, to Steve Martin, he's not the funny character in this movie. It's supposed to be John Candy. Definitely. Definitely. Straight, Steve Martin's the straight man. Yeah. A lot of those buddies. Those but he's kind of like that. He's like that in Three Amigos, too. Of the three guys, he was a straight guy. I don't remember it well enough he, to say he was it, the yeah, leader. I would imagine so from who's in it. I mean, Chevy Chase, he's apparently just a complete jerk. Everybody <laughs> hates too. him. Like, because yeah. uh, he was, again, one of the biggest stars in the world in the 80s right. and just completely tanked. <laughs> is um, it, do they just become like old and crotchety or or were they always like that? No, I think? don't think Steve Martin didn't strike me as being crotchety. I think he just kind of, you know, I think he sort um, of done. I think it's a lot like what Dane Cook had going for him, which was that which was that I think a lot of people thought he was charismatic and good looking and, and charming. And so they right. watched him. And then all of a sudden. As those things started to atrophy a little bit, they were like, wait, this is not actually funny. <laughs> yeah. You're just kind of fooling well, us. Well, it just it doesn't hold up. No. Like, you, really you watch the original Pink Panther with, um, come on, what's it? Yeah, I got Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers, yeah. You watch that one? He's funny. He'll always yes. be funny. Yes. He's just, he's He's so funny. understated compared I know. to the way Steve Martin yeah, plays. Yeah, he really him. is. So. Well, I don't know. I, I think, uh, how about John Candy as a character? Oh, or he's as, great. As an actor. John Candy's great in this. John yeah. Candy's... Hilarious. And Steve Martin's good in this, too. Yeah. I just had this one moment where he was waving his hands yeah, yeah. in John Candy's face, and I was like, oh, he's overdoing it. Yeah, I wish stop, I didn't stop, see stop, that stop. right here. John otherwise, Can- I thought he John was John Candy can go from 
like laughable buffoon uh-huh. to completely sympathetic. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, in, in just a blink of an eye, like at one minute you're like laughing at him for his stupidity, but the next you're like, you feel so bad for this guy. And I mean that, that last, the last scene, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. yeah I like that. And then it all, it adds up like everything that he did before then. You're like, Oh, okay. A lot of, one thing I kept thinking in this movie is, um, and I think this all the time with any movie made before about 2004 is none of this would happen today. <laughs> Technology <laughs> would solve every know, problem yeah. they have. If they had a cell phone, you don't need cash. Had an Uber. <laughs> you don't. You can call home. <laughs> right. You can find where a hotel sure. is on the internet. Yeah. You know, like it's just life is so much easier right. in so many ways. Like it would have been. I don't know how. Do you remember how hard to, it was to make a long distance phone call? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. It was yes. difficult. Do yes. you remember? Yes. Do, did you ever have? Did you live in an age where you look at, at the phone bill and look at your roommates and be like, okay, who called California? No, that, that's, I, that's $10. we didn't have long distance. Okay. Um, by the time I moved out to my own place, long distance was a thing in okay. the past. So yeah. we weren't doing that anymore. We had a, um, I had a beeper, like a pager. <laughs> when I moved beeper. into my own house, I had a beeper, and that's how people called me, and I would yeah. call them back. Like that was what I paid for. Right. It was like okay. $5 a month for a beeper or something like that. Nice. That, even that was like a revelation. <laughs> right. Like being able to get my friends when they missed me when I wasn't home was like a huge, was a big deal. It's hard to remember that I ever had that, but I did for a couple yeah. of years. I had a pager. But nowadays, like if you if you were at an airport, random airport, anywhere in the world, and you walked up to somebody and said, hey, listen, you know, can I call my wife? She lives in America and wherever and tell her mm-hmm. that my flight's delayed. Oh, sure. Here you go. Yeah. You know, I mean, everybody's got a phone on them. Yeah. And long distance means nothing. It's meaningless. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, those, those things really changed. Yeah. I mean, I remember um, my freshman year of college, I was dating a girl and she went to uh, London mm-hmm. and like sent me an email. And I was just like, oh, my God, like you can get an email from, from London. London. Yeah. Like th- that sounds so dumb today. It sounds so <laughs> obvious. Right. But you couldn't do it when I was a kid. Sure. If somebody was in England... The novelty sounds stupid, right? Yeah, the novelty yeah. of it sounds so stupid. But, like, yeah. if somebody was in England... It's like learning about George Washington taking four months to go to Baltimore. Right, you know? I mean, yeah. it just sounds like something from a completely bygone <laughs> era. But anyway, yeah. Right. So life is so much easier. This movie can't yeah. happen in 2021. That's a good like point. It just, it just... We should do a list of all the movies that could never happen. Right. How many know? plots have been destroyed by, by cell phones? Really, right. really yeah, by exactly. cell phones, I'd say. Yeah. Because cell phones, you know, you, you, if you do Apple Pay on your phone, then... You know, or anything. Anything, right? <laughs> you know? Oh, that's a question. So what happened with the money? Uh, that guy stole it. Who? The, that guy snuck into the hotel room while they were asleep. Um, Did they show that happening? Yeah. Did you I don't remember that? that? No, Apparently. I Oh, okay. Yeah, because there was... Because I was suspecting John Candy through the whole movie. No, no, no. And then when he found he had his credit card, I was like, oh, so John Candy did steal his money? So the credit card thing was, was it was that whole check-in thing where he was swiping credit cards. They both gave him their diner's yeah. car- card. Yeah. And then they swapped him okay. when they put him back in their wallets. But then that night, they're asleep, uh-huh. finally. And this guy, like, takes a, a, a knife and, like, Opens jacks up. open the door. Oh, wow. And then you see him just, like, his head pops up on John Candy's side. And he, like, gets the wallet and gets all the money out and puts totally it in his hat. Totally missed that somehow. Yeah. So he, he, it's a fast scene. That's probably, like, writing something down from the scene before or something. Maybe. Like I mean, nothing yeah. was happening. Yeah, just, that's weird. You're listening to him snore. So you have to visually watch it because there's yeah. no sound at all. Yeah. I must have looked down for a second because I completely threw out the movie. I was like, what happened to their money? Right. What, what, what? Okay. So that, okay, that makes more sense then. All right. Got it. I think that the, so the part that we base the drinking on where they're drinking in the room mm-hmm. and he drinks some rum. Yeah. And talks like, Jamaica quote, unquote, man. a Jamaican. Yeah, I didn't right. know that was would have been unrecognizable if he hadn't said, I'm a Jamaican. I wouldn't have known that was supposed to be. I think he was doing that because he was drunk. I think that's how he got the part of Cool Runnings. Oh, very good. Yeah. Yes. I think that, yeah. that brilliant Jamaican accent, they were like, this is this is the kind of <laughs> yeah. keyed in to Jamaican culture. Yeah, that absolutely. We for, that's uh, a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have any big surprises? My big surprise came when I read the, kind of the backstory. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a lot of big surprises. I mean, th- I never watched this movie so the reveal at the end, I, I was I was surprised. I guess my biggest surprise was how kind of heart wrenching it really was. Yeah, I mean how how human it was. Yeah, right. Uh, because at the end, you felt so bad for for John Candy's character, and uh, you know you had I had so much like empathy mm-hmm. for him for what he'd gone through, and you just I mean it's almost it's almost a tearjerker just that last reveal. Yeah. You know? So that was probably my biggest surprise. My second was there was actually a subplot that they had originally written for the story where his wife played a bigger role. Right. And she suspected him of cheating. 
but they cut that out because the audiences didn't like it. Yeah. Oh, so that's why she's all. That's upset why she's end. all upset. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. there's that there's that loving glance at the end. Yeah. Because okay. he's trying to convince her through the whole thing that nothing's going on. You know, I right. promise. And she's like convinced that that something. You know, maybe he's he's leaving her. Or he's fooling around. Right. Okay. So. Yeah, that makes sense. When you when you learn about that. You know, it kind of makes sense. And it's also what happens, like, when you cut out scenes from a movie mm-hmm. that were originally there. It's like the stuff doesn't quite make sense a lot of times, you know. But anyway, yeah, for me, it was it was that turn. It was kind of like, you know, Catch-22 where you have a part of the movie where – or a part of the story where suddenly the whole thing redeems itself. Yes. Because up to that point or, – Or raises it. Like raises it. Yeah, it. elevates yeah, like, it. Yeah. Right. Because up to that point, it was just kind of a goofy, buddy, road comedy type of thing. And yeah. then – yeah, it suddenly yeah. lodges itself as like a more memorable yes. work. Like something it, it, it makes it it makes these so. people human. So, yeah, that was it for me. How about you? Um, for me, like I said, the Thanksgiving thing was a goofy surprise. But it's just kind mm. of the fact that I hadn't watched the whole movie. Mm. I found myself expecting to get about ten percent more material than what I remembered, but yeah. like almost the whole thing I didn't remember. So that was pretty surprising to me. I remembered the sequence where they're going the wrong way on the highway. <laughs> right. Because that's just a great when he's like, You're going and he's <laughs> like, Ah, uh, does he know which way yeah, we're going? Yeah. How does he know where we're going? That's true. Yeah, that, yeah. That was, that's that's a good bit. I remember that. I remember the those aren't pillows part. Yeah. But I think I just have seen clips of it. I I don't think I've actually seen the whole movie ever. Like almost the whole movie was new to me, which yeah. was surprising. Well, that's good. The uh, the crossover, the Venn diagram with Ferris Bueller, yeah. with the characters, yeah, that was, was surprising. Cool. Like yeah, those people cool. kept showing up, and I thought, because that's, I mean, I think one of my favorite movies of all. I love that one. I've seen that like a hundred times. So just the crossover there was pretty impressive. But there's you know some light surprises. What's your favorite scene of the movie? In this one? Yeah, I like that one with the car. That's pretty funny. Okay, that's a good bit. Mine's yeah, my, my, mine's going to be the rental, the whole rental car scene. Yeah, where he flips out at the, he, well, yeah. well, the whole yeah, thing, yeah. where they drop him off, car's not there. Right. But he looks, the shuttle's already gone, and he has to hike like t- 20 yes. miles. Yeah, that's true. And he's all, by the time he comes in, he's all beat up, ragged, yes. it looks like. Right. And then he just flips out. And then we can't quote anything. Yeah, we can't. Anything at and all that, from that, that sequence. that scene yeah. right there is why my children won't see it until they're like right. 16, so. Uh, I, I might have told the story on the on the podcast before, but um, when my oldest was about six, mm-hmm. I let her watch Jurassic Park with me. And somebody said S-H-I-T at one yeah. point in the movie, and she repeated it. And I literally, like, made a big dramatic thing out of it, went over and paused the movie, and I was like, if you ever want to watch movies like this again, I don't ever want to hear those words out of your mouth. And she was like, okay. And I literally never swore ever again. It wow. was just like, it was like I made a big impression on her. I was like, you want to watch this stuff? I'm okay with that. Right. But you need to discern that we don't repeat those words. And it, somehow that worked. So she ne- she's never repeated Nine times out of ten with any other kid, all. that wouldn't work at all. I mean, I'm sure with her friends, but not, not say, around me. You know, I like was say, still yeah. that's and, and as long as you don't that's see a, it, that's a big boundary yeah. in our family. Like oh, my littlest is the worst about it. Occasionally, she pushes boundaries. Yeah, but um, otherwise, babies always do that. But yeah, pretty much. Well, cool. So oh, yeah, she was she was singing along with one of the songs on the Black Panther soundtrack and just oh, like Lord. just just dropping just dropping bombs. Oh, on the back. So she I was about two. Imagine. She was like she was boom oh, boom boom. No. I was like whoa whoa what's <laughs> what's going on? Is it it's I chose it. Balls in my court. So the balls in your court. Um, for me, I really like John Candy in this. This is probably John Candy's best. Um, off the top of my head, mm-hmm. I don't think this is one of my favorite John Hughes movies, but I really like John Hughes movies. So, yeah. I mean, it's in my, it's, it's one of his good ones. Yeah. Uh, it's not one of my favorites. Um, it's not Ferris Bueller and it's not Breakfast Club. Um, this one is probably about at the pretty in pink yeah. tier, uh, which is still a good movie, but it's not quite as much. I don't like it quite as much as the other ones. But I think, but what do you say? I think, you know, this is, uh, you know, I, I was, I, I heard a statistic the other day that like Mariah Carey's uh, Christmas song, whatever that stupid Christmas song. Oh, I hate this song, but apparently a lot of people like it. It just went diamond. I don't she, even know what she, that means. It, it sold so many copies. What do you get when you get to sixteen quintillion right. uh, plays over Spotify? Point is, she is one of the highest paid musical entertainers because of that one song. She was also the because biggest it, selling, the biggest selling artist of the nineteen nineties. And but that so one song though. In, in the 2000s. Uh-huh. Um, and it's one of those things, like, if you can get in, you know, a good Christmas song or something like that, that, that gets airtime over and over and over and over. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. you're sitting pretty. This is the Thanksgiving movie. 
Like mm. it really is. Okay. And I knew that when you, when you picked it, I was like, well, it's not Thanksgiving movie. Oh yeah. If you said something, I would have chosen Charlie Brown's Christmas. Well, I'd never seen never it. Seen, I'd never so. seen this. Okay. So I, you know, I wanted to, I wanted you to watch to it. So, it. Okay. um, uh, but you know, so this got there, you know, this has made it every year. This is like, you know, the Christmas story, but for Thanksgiving, <laughs> the sure. Thanksgiving story. Sure. Um, plus John Hughes. So it's legendary status. John Hughes is a director, legend himself. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm voting it in. Yeah, I think this is okay. classic. All right, cool. All right. Well, we cool. will toast it. Cheers. Cheers. And thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Toasting the Classics. Toasting the Classics. Someday I'll figure out what this show does, and uh, I'll We're let gonna you know. We're going to get this episode on heavy rotation every Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving. and Christmas. That's right. And uh, it will thus become in the canon of podcast episodes. And join us next time where we are going to talk about the shortest material we've ever done. <laughs> That's right. Toasting the classics. We're going That's to do the 1928 cartoon Steamboat Willie. Steamboat Willie. That's right. Um, this is this is my pick. It was uh, it's a free form, so it's whatever right. kind of we wanted to go with. And I, and I figured kind of a short cartoon would be fun. Clint is all about pushing the boundaries of free choice. But yeah, I, I like that. That's fun. So. <laughs> I'm telling you, uh, nude performance art will be, but that doesn't make good podcasting though. No, it's more of a YouTube. Oh, you could hear my horrified uh, <laughs> gasps. <laughs> While you're doing your new we'll do performance, so body positivity, new you hear performances. the sound of me hitting the floor <laughs> as I pass out in, in terror. That's right. Uh, but thanks for joining us, and uh, once again for toasting the classics. I am Clinton Lanier, Dave MacArthur. Peace out. That's it for episode 36 of Toasting the Classics. For those playing along at home, get some Johnny Walker Scotch for our discussion of Steamboat Willie, the 1928 Disney cartoon. If you'd like to get in touch, please send us an email at toastingtheclassics at gmail.com. Send us show ideas, comments, complaints, and let us know whether Steve Martin is funny. Check out my blog at theattractivenuisance.com and follow us on Twitter at @attractivenuisance. Our music was written by Michelle MacArthur. See you next time on Toasting the Classics. <laughs>